Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. Facebook, I can see it's gone live. I'm live Q&A with JJ Stanner, ad title. We are live Tuesday night. This is happening. This is real. Okay. This is not a test. I'd say again, this is not a test. This is the um, Q&A with the uh, uh, West Midlands finest here, JJ Stanner. Um in the uh, regional squad for uh, plastic surgeons, uh, one of the finest West Midland plastic surgeons there are. Uh, hi, Khan, good to see you. Corinne's here. Ben Hans Dance, Ben Hans Aesthetics. Yeah, good, good to see you all. Nice to see you, Corinne. I can heart that. Um, got some questions. If you've got any questions, then just shoot. If you haven't, then just sit back, relax, and listen. The finest, thank you for correcting me on that. Uh, the finest a plastic surgeon based on uh, Frederick Rose uh, in Birmingham for show, show. I'm one of the best plastic surgeons on Frederick Road, that's for sure. Um, so, um, 24th is today. So, let's get this going on because I've got the 24th. Questions lined up. Yeah, you heard me. I've got questions lined up because believe it or not, I've got followers. Yeah, I've got followers. They ask me questions in a the week. They go on a list and then I talk about them today. And actually, it's a rollover week. Yeah, we've got two weeks worth of questions here because I wasn't here last week. Can't remember why. What was I doing last week? Anyway, there must have been a very, very good reason for it. <sighs> must have been a very good reason for it. Let's have a look at my diary. What was I doing last week? Anyway, I was probably doing something really, like, jet-setting and wildly exciting. What was last week? 24th. Anyway, you don't probably don't. There's some... Um... Right, it's not in my diary. Maybe I did do it last week. Oh my God, did I do it last week? Okay, so maybe I'm going to be doing the same questions again. This is dementia happening live on TV. Have I? I thought I didn't do it last week. Anyway, we're going to, I'm just going to push on. I wasn't here last week, was I? No, I wasn't. I don't know why. When are you at Asset, JJ? We missed. Now, Megan, I was there. I was at Asset last week, wasn't I? So why didn't I do my Facebook Live? Because I... Um, okay. I don't know, Megan, when I'm there next. Am I there next week? Can you not tell that I don't know if I'm coming or going? Anyway, I wasn't here last week because I was doing something very important. Very important. I can't quite remember what it was, but it was obviously important enough to miss this. God, that's worrying, isn't it? God, dear, oh, dear. Anyway, there you go. So it is a rollover week, so I have been. 
I have been skiving. No, no, I wouldn't miss it, Megan. I wouldn't miss it if it wasn't for something important. I'm desperately trying to think where it was. I mean, it was only a week ago. I remember I was at Asset. I'm in the middle of that case. Came back. What happened? What did I do when I came back? Anyway, that's for me to ponder. Okay. Hi, Bex. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Khan. What were you doing? I cannot remember what I was doing last week. Good God. Um, I'm going to make my mind work on that while I just could, because that is, I'm going to partition that. If I think of it later, I will, I will bring it up. But if I, deep breaths. Anyway, I'll petition that and I'm not going to dwell on it because it's not interesting, is it? It's not, it's not interesting TV, is it? So let's just push on. Lauren is straight in with a question to pull me out of my wandering. Do you do drainless TT procedure? Hearts to that. Kelsey, good to see you, girl. Right. Lauren Wilco, no, I don't. Um, nice haircut. Ooh, you think? Hold on a minute, you're being sarcastic. Hold on a minute, I haven't got, the, I haven't got my mic. Can you hear me? 212. All right, Mike. Being sarcastic, Bex. I'm assuming you're not. I'm going to take that. Yeah, I think it needs to be short. I think it means like Jason Statham. I keep on saying to my wife, go Jason Statham on it, but she. She does it a bit. But anyway, thank you for that. That's kind of you to say. Hi from South Wales. Big up yourself, Amanda. Uh, I hope you're enjoying life down in South Wales. Used to work down there. Um, go to South, go to Wales quite a lot. Mountain biking. Great mountain biking in Wales. Anyway, digressing. Let's get on to it. Lauren, you deserve an answer to your question. And that's exactly what I'm going to give you. I don't do drainless tummy tuck procedure. And, um, and I'm aware that a lot of people do. And I'm aware that it is nice to not have drains. I'm very well, <laughs> I'm very well aware of that. Okay, so I'm not disputing the benefits of drainless tummy tuck. And Lauren, I'm going to be, I'm going to go a step further to, to say I would like to do drainless tummy tuck. I would like to not use drains for tummy tucks because I don't particularly like drains. They're uncomfortable. Uh, they can catch people don't like them. But tummy tuck is one of the few procedures that I still use drains. And the reason I still use drains is because I think there's a benefit in using the drains because I haven't got a good alternative. For a while, a while ago, people were using glue quite a bit instead of the drains. I never really embraced that because I was always, I found it difficult, the technique's difficult because you have to let the glue stick while you're stitching it up and that's quite hard. So you often have to use the barbed suture and things like that to, 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 to quickly get the wound closed while that glue is sticking. So it's it's technically uh, challenging to, to use glue and I would rather spend more time closing it rather than I don't, don't didn't embrace the barbed suture. Um, Oh God, there's loads kicking off here. And um, also I um, worried that if there was a bit of shear, then that glue wouldn't stick. You know what it's like when you try and stick a cup together and the, the handle moves a bit, that's it. You can't stick it, it doesn't go back on again. You can't, you got no second chances. So if you're gluing down the thing, I'm worried that you wake up, you cough, you go, oh God, a bit uncomfortable. And then the shears and the glue. So that worries me. And that worries me that there might be a space and it worries me that space might fill with seroma. Seroma is the thing we worry about really 
well hematoma as well um, but you can get hematoma even with drains but serum is the thing now having said that people who use glue they've researched it they've done studies on it and they say that there is an acceptable seroma rate with glue so it is definitely an acceptable way of doing it and i'm not suggesting that it isn't having said that though my seroma rate is extremely low in fact i can only remember ever having one seroma so it is extremely low and so an acceptable rate of seroma is still a lot higher than what my rate of seroma is so that's why i haven't embraced that now I do do quilting, which means stitching down the space. There's not one big space. You do quilting stitches like a um, like a quilt with lots of, like a, a sofa with lots of buttons or like a pocketed quilt. I think some quilts aren't pocketed, are they? The cheaper quilts. Am I thinking quilts and I'm thinking duvets? Thinking about it, what's a quilt? <laughs> I'm thinking of a duvet. What's a quilt? Anyway, because duvets are sort of pocketed, aren't they? um but anyway um but you know but that's what quilting is it's called quilting um and it means putting lots of stitches in the space so that there's not one big space so it's a bit like uh, the sofa with the buttons yeah they should be they should call it sofa buttoning shouldn't they and then everyone would know what you're on about rather than quilting nevertheless they call it quiltings we can't change you know we can't change the wordage the current wordage so we're just going to go with it we're going to go with quilting and uh, i do think uh, so i do do quilting to close down that space and that reduces the drainage and that reduces the need for drains and again a lot of people are not using drains and doing quilting without drains i am still doing quilting and drains i might change i'm not i'm still getting a fair bit of drainage in that drain and i do like the fact that the drains negative suction drain so it closes those two um spaces down now the drain usually only stays in one night so it goes out before you go home. You never go home with your drain. Does it look like the light's coming out of my head? Not so much on Facebook, but on Instagram. Anyway, um, so the drain only stays in one night. But nevertheless, people don't like drains, but I still use drains for, for tummy tucks. I still use it for capsulectomies. That's probably the only two ops that I use it for. But um, I say this, there's probably others, but those are the two main ones. Um, so thigh lifts and arm lifts, I often use it as well. So those ones. But anyway, I so yeah, I don't do drain drainless, Lauren, uh, and that's the reason why. Uh, Alex, good to see you. Absolutely thrilled with the results from my recent mummy makeover. Thank you, Lizzie Jane BX. Um, oh, that's got like I don't know if that was with me, <laughs> Lizzie. Jane, I'm trying to think, work out who you are. But anyway, if it is brilliant, and if it's not, who cares? We're, we're an open community here so well done with your mummy makeover thank you for saying that lizzie jane bx um please help i've got to buy the comparison please help i've got to buy the comparison and binders when donny wear the binder and when donny wear the compression garment wow wow is that that's a question is it please help I've got to buy the comparison and binders now. Oh, compression. Okay, so that's going to be compression. And by when do I wear the binder? And when do I wear the compression garment? Okay, lifeguard Sarah. This is lifeguard Sarah. On oh my god, we've got um, Facebook's kicked off. Right, I will not. I will not forsake you, Facebook. I will be back with you in a minute. But um, lifeguard Sarah's got a pressing issue issue about the comparison and binders. Um, so lifeguard sarah i would 
put that question back to your surgeon because I can probably say that the, your surgeon's not me because I don't talk about compression garments and binders and different things. Now, um, I'm assuming, I'm going to make some assumptions here, if you don't mind, like guys, Sarah, I'm going to assume it's tummy tuck. And I'm going to assume that you're talking about a binder being a thing that goes round and a compression garment being like a, a, a maybe like big pants with a with a gusset. Um, and, you know, both are fine and I don't distinguish between the two. I use the word support rather than compression um, because I don't think it's got to be tight. I think it's got to be supportive and comfortable and just helps with swelling um rather than being like compression i don't want you to feel like someone's got to be pressing on you you gotta be a bit careful especially with tummy tucks because risk of dvt and things if too much compression on your abdominal contents so um i wouldn't distinguish between a compression and a binder and i would say if you're talking about two types of garments um i would say what's more comfortable but i'm not your surgeon i don't think i'm your surgeon if i'm your surgeon do what i say if i'm not your surgeon do what your surgeon says and ask them because they might have a thing about compression and binders and when to use what but um generally speaking the binder the thing that goes round is better to start off with because it's a little bit easier to put on and off the compression garments with a gusset can be a real difficult really difficult to put on and off they're difficult when you've got drains in so the compression garments can be difficult in the early stages and sometimes the binders uh, useful in the first day, few days and maybe a few weeks and then maybe the compression garment later on generally speaking but as i say i don't make that this um that, that uh, i don't distinguish between the two yeah so um oh lifeguard sarah you sent a request to be in my video do you want to be in my video do you want to come on live you can do Alex, so pleased with my experience and my results. Just one week post-op. Can't recommend you enough. Now, Alex is a patient of mine. I do know Alex. Thank you, Alex. That's very kind of you to say that. And I, I tell you what, Alex, so am I. Absolutely so am I. Well done. And you're a brilliant patient, brilliant guy. Thank you. Uh, here we go. Live guides. Oh, God, what have I done? Hold on. Press the wrong button. I have to buy my own binder and compression garments when when donna don don in wear the binder and when do i wear the compression garment lifeguard sarah you have to speak to your surgeon i can't answer that because i i we provide the the garments for patients and uh, i don't make a distinguish between the binder and the compression garment so i would speak to your surgeon on that one lauren wilco good to know thank you for explaining very welcome lauren yes exclamation yes you are that means yes you are lizzie jane bx i'm gonna to have to go through my diary and who see who lizzie jane bx is and i'm hopefully i'm gonna see you soon um um so corinne saying hello to us at nice with you in liverpool uh come from a week ago was it no i can't see oh god you've used your name there right Nice to see you, Liz. Good to see you here. And that's who Liz is. Where you go? Right. Now we know where we are. Hold on a minute. Remove Lizzie. Oh, my God. No. Sorry. Nice to see you. And good. Thank you for the vote of confidence. Um, it's a problem with this thing. You don't know who's who. One more. You do vasor liposuction question mark. No, I don't, Lauren. God, I'm not doing very well here. I don't do drainless tummy tucks. I don't do vasor liposuction. Um Vasor liposuction is um, a sort of assisted form of liposuction. I do um, power-assisted liposuction. Uh, Micro Air is the machine, um, and I and I don't do vasor. So um, no, I no, I do not. I find that I can do what I need to do with, uh, with uh, power-assisted, but you're better off talking to someone who does vasor to look for that. Um, 
the Mara diaries, I'm coming to you in a minute because it's all gone a bit uh, haywire on the uh, Facebook. Amanda's in South Wales. We've got that. Uh, where's your poncho? Bex. Uh, did, uh, it's not cold enough, Bex. As soon as the temperature drops, the poncho's coming back. Uh, it's a functional It's a functional um, garment, you know. Uh, Ian, what you got? You're going to need a good bit of plastic surgery to look like Mr. Statham. Don't need those comments, Ian. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, um, Ian. I just wanted the hair, Ian. Just the hair, all right. Uh, Caroline Rigg. Comment says Caroline Rigg. That's it. Which procedure do you perform the most? Probably breast augmentation. Probably, I would say. But as Bex points out, my memory is not what it used to be. And... Uh, I had someone phone me up today and say, you have been approved for a medical alert alarm system for free in, in, installed in your house. And I said, well, I said, are you over 50? I said, yes. He said, well, you've been approved for a medical alarm system. I said, well, I said, I don't think I need that. Thank you very much. He said, well, you say that, but your loved ones... It's a lot of peace of mind for your loved ones, and you know, you I know, I understand you want to you want to keep your mobility, but actually, if you have a medical alarm system um, or a medical alert thing, you know, like I'm assuming he's talking about that button around your neck, you know, you actually can have more mobility, and it gives peace of mind to your loved ones. I mean, is that what happens when you're over fifty? You start getting phone calls like that. Is that the lists you get onto for the cold callers for a medical alert system? um i said i said you know who you're talking to mate have you got any idea <laughs> i said i'm on facebook instagram youtube live streaming tonight at seven i'm a social media influencer geese i don't need an alert system honestly some people don't know who they're dealing with um here we go bex has seen me on the spy website are you still with them yes bex i am that was on one of my questions but I can't get into theatre, Bex. I am with Spire and I am with Droitwich, a uh, BMI. So pre-lockdown, I used to work at BMI and Spire. Those are my two hospitals. BMI was at the Priory, which is just about five, probably five, maybe ten minutes from my clinic. And uh, Spire is in Solihull. And I had a regular list. Mondays at Spire, Tuesdays at, Droit at uh, Priory. I haven't been to Priory since prior, prior to lockdown. All the Priory workers moved to Droitwich. Um, and to be honest with you, I haven't been to Droitwich much. I haven't been to Spire much. I think, well, I know I can't get into theatres with both of them. And I think it's because they're doing NHS waiting list work. Um, and I think that plastic surgery is not a priority for those hospitals. Uh, it seems to be a national thing. It doesn't seem to be just me it seems to be a national thing that i think they're not um doing the great deal of plastic surgery so that's why i'm doing most of it in liverpool bex so my um what's the word um sort of regular and um predictable lists that's the problem with the hostel they're a bit unpredictable um are, are, in, are in liverpool and actually i'm just like saying to people that it's liverpool you know, because I, I really can't get into my local hospitals. But yeah, I'm still on paper with Spire, um, but it's just maybe it'll change. But at the moment, I can't 
see it changing anytime soon, but who knows? Uh, right, Jane, can I can I um, go to the Mara Diaries and then come to you? Hi, JJ, I'm booked in to have a mummy makeover with you. Will I be in hospital for one or two nights as I live four hours away debating booking a hotel rather than travel straight after the op? Thanks. I tell you what, the Mara Diaries, you would be absolutely surprised that actually you're probably, well, it depends on what you're having done to a degree because there are tummy tucks and there are tummy tucks uh, and there are breast ops and there are breast ops. So basically you can have big, big tummy tucks, you can have circumferential tummy tucks, you can have fleur de lis, which are obviously bigger uh, as opposed to a normal tummy tuck. You can have maybe liposuction adds a bit more to it. In terms of the breast, breast augmentation perhaps isn't too bad, but a breast reduction or a breast lift with implants might be a bit, bit bigger. So there's degrees of mummy makeover is what I'm trying to say. Some will knock you back less than others, but most the, the thing that's going to keep you in is the drain. The drain will keep you in. So you definitely be in one night and that'll be in your tummy. Um, and probably that's it. You'll probably be able to go home after one night. And it's a difficult one. And we, we had someone a while ago who was from Devon and she had like top end, like that mummy makeover. I can't remember. I think it's like breast lift with implants and tummy tummy lipo or, you know, quite a lot of work. And there's a debate really what you do that for you know so you're obviously in the first night what you do the second night and which she was talking should i go to a hotel and things and it is a bit personal i mean you could go to a hotel locally because you don't want to do that long drive completely understand that but also you could say i want to get home and the tummy tuck the position in the car is actually not as bad as you might think and it's surprising that people can travel um the next day and maybe not be too bad but it's a personal thing so you might want to stay locally for this for the second night or you might want to go um you know make your way home but um it is a personal thing but you'll be in probably be in hospital one night um bex yes normal to have numbness after surgery is that a question hello bex i don't know if that's a question or, or is that a question is it normal yeah it is normal to have numbness usually gets better well, Bex, Bex, you're doubling up the comments on both. Love it. That's what we want. Corinne's lost it. Kelsey's lost it. Good on you. Uh, what's going on? Rachel McCready's joined. Bex, you should, you still should do your own practice. Can't do it, Bex. Can't do it. The stress in my life. You, do you know what, Bex? They used to call me Wiggy at school. Yeah, you heard me. Wiggy. Look at me now. That ain't wiggy, is it? Having my own clinic is bad enough, Bex. I'm not going to get into having my own operating theatre. I cannot. I'm out of that stress. I see what Hassan's done up at Asset. Oxygen scavenging things and backup generators and goodness knows what. I just, oh, protocols. I couldn't do it. No, I'm out of that, Bex. I'm not going to get my own, my own theatre. Oh, God, I'm losing. Uh, Alex, good in. Uh, I had my up in Liverpool last week. I stayed at the Ibis Hotel in Liverpool City Centre. It cost 38, but 38 quid. Is that all, Alex? Flip an egg for the night and was just a budget 25 minutes away to the hospital. I'm going to make a note of that, Alex. Ibis Hotel. Ibis Hotel. Let's make a note of Ibis Hotel. Well done, Alex. Wow. I will add I stayed the night before. Yeah. Wow. Bex, I keep getting kicked off. Is it you, JJ, doing that? Oh, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you? 
kicking you off, Bex. How to be honest, Bex, I don't know. Well, I probably do know how to kick you off. I probably yeah, here we go. Remove from live video. Yeah, I could do it, but no, I haven't. Oh god. Why are you reporting? Oh god, sorry. I don't want to report it. Sorry. Anyway, no, Bex, it's not me, all right? It's not me. I've got a scroll, but that's all I'm doing, Bex. I'm just scrolling. I'm not kicking anyone off, right? Certainly not you. Alex, thanks for the recommendation, Alex. I was looking for a hotel for the night before at the Asset Hospital. There you go. Near the Asset Hospital. Awesome. You still haven't showed us the pictures, Wiggy. What? <laughs> you want to see the pictures? Yeah. See if I've got any old... I've got old... It's not that long ago, Corinne. It's like my old ID cards from the hospitals over there somewhere. Yeah, believe it. I've got one over there. I'll get one from next week. I might have one over there. Anyway, right, no, anyway, but yeah, take it from me. Wiggy was what they called me, so there you go. I can't find my order. Um, sorry, someone on Facebook asked about numbness. Oh, did they? Oh, my God. Bex, I've got to be honest with you. I need, I've got, I think I'm at the stage where I need a facilitator. I can't, I can't be expected to um, do both of these at the same time. Let's do, right, I'm, go, I'm crossing over to Facebook. Good evening. Is it this one? Jane Bird. Good evening. After having a tummy tuck, I'm post-op for 12 weeks. My tummy's still feeling a bit numb. Is this normal? My surgeon in Portugal said it's normal. Just want a second opinion. Thank you. There you go. That's what you're on about, Bex. Well, yes. 12 weeks. Yeah, Jane. Yeah, it's normal. Yeah, I'd agree with your surgeon in Portugal. Yeah, it's often numb. To be honest with you, Jane, it can, you can sometimes get persistent numbness with a tummy tuck, particularly sort of above the scar, between the scar and the belly button. But having said that, I wouldn't write yourself into that because it often gets better. So it will definitely, well, I shouldn't say definitely, it, it, it will often get a lot better, but it might not get 100%. You might still have a bit of um, numbness or maybe not numbness, maybe what we call paresthesia, which is sort of abnormal sensation. So you, you probably get something back, but it often feels a bit weird. Um, but yeah, that is normal. So a second opinion right there, Jane. I hope that's helpful. Elaine, good to see you tonight. Thanks for supporting. And Lorena is giving a double, whatever that is. Wave, is it? Or clap? Anyway, um, Lorena, you need to be helping me because I'm, I've got all sorts going on here. Here we go. Instagram. I had an emergency cesarean... Sorry, I had an emergency laparotomy and C-section that has created an unsightly scar. What do I a candidate for recorrective surgery? Yes, Rachel McCready, definitely. Often the way um, that that scar can be unsightly, can be puckered in, can be, can, yeah. And, and a revising it is a very reasonable thing to do. So absolutely, it's often, um, scar revision, we often say, what's the problem? And the problem with that scar is often it's, it's, it's often puckered in. So that's quite a, quite a common thing to need to revise. Um, we wouldn't want to lose you, Asset says. Asset, Asset, I wouldn't want to be lost because very fond of everyone at Asset and I want to support you and uh, uh, especially you. I don't know if it is you, Hassan, but if it is you, Hassan, you know, I think you're amazing what you, that, you, that you've taken the plunge and done that. And as I say, I'm not going to do it. So um, very happy to support you and not have the 
headache myself. I have my own hospital. Wiggy, yeah, you don't have to call me Wiggy, um, Bex, because, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I've, I've lost that, that, uh, that uh, moniker. Uh, the Maradise, thanks for the info. I'm planning on staying the night before, so appreciate that. Thanks. Brad's here. Good to see you, Brad. Long time no see. Hope you are living it. Uh, me, me, me. Show and tell next week, then Wiggy. All right, Corinne. All right. Let's see a Wiggy, a Wiggy photo. I had C-sections and hysterectomy and gastric sleep, all with numbness. There you go. How long should I wait to have my skin removal and reduction after being sleeved? Oh, sleeved. What an awful term. Um, well, you. I would say but the, the, the normal time scale is six months stable. Well, some people do different time scales, but six months stable with your weight. So once you have the sleeve, then you've also got to you've got to get to a stable weight. You've got to get to a target weight. Work with your bariatric surgeon about that. And then when you get there, you ideally you want to be stable with that because you don't have weight fluctuations after surgery. So I think six months stable will be a reasonable time. But obviously you have to get to that as well. So it's variable. It depends on how long it takes you to get to your um, target weight. And it is Megan. We love you. Love you too, Megan. Thank you for your support. Very happy for for uh, for uh, viewership to um, swell the um, the reach of the. Um, the old Instagram, the gram, as I call it. Bex, I'm the one with the low, the low, flat, heavy, 42 centimeter drop. You're the one, Bex. There you go, Bex. Sophie, really excited to come and meet you in July. Not as excited as I am, Sophie. And Winky Sparkles joined. So good evening. Uh, second opinion. I hope you all done that. Jane, you was right about traveling after a tummy tuck. Wasn't uncomfortable traveling home three hour drive away. There you go. So, yeah, yeah I think I th I've been surprised by it, Jane, to be honest with you, because I'm not used to operating on people who live far away. And that was or at least operating on people far away from where I live. I used to usually operate on people around the Midlands and they live in the Midlands. But uh, now we've all been going up to Liverpool to do the surgery and to come home. And actually, it's been better than you might think. Um, uh here we go. I've got a run of questions which have got similar similar answers. So I don't know how I'm going to make this entertaining, but we'll see how we get on. Do we offer fat transfer to the cheeks? No. No, we don't. Um, fat transfer, yes. To the cheeks, no. Fat transfer to the cheeks. Would you need fat transfer? To the... So I don't want to say too much about it because it's not my area, but I can't imagine how you do. I mean, sometimes people fat transfer here in the sort of lower eyelid and mid face and you know tear trough this bit here and things and the, the in rejuvenating these areas are, but fat transferring here anyway i don't is the answer no it's not really my thing i don't do fat transfer to the face i don't do facial aesthetics i do fat transfer but i don't do facial aesthetics so no sorry i don't um is the surgery cheaper in liverpool ian uh no why say why, why would it be cheaper than all? No, I tell you what, Ian. A while ago, uh, for many, actually many years, probably more. Well, probably ten years or more. What I used to do is I, I used to operate at different hospitals. <coughs> well, I still do. Spire, BMI, all sorts, and the prices of all the hospitals were different.
sound has gone. Sound has gone. Oh my god, we have got no sound. It never happens on Instagram. Never happens on Instagram. Halfway through, I don't know. I don't know if it's Facebook trying to stifle the uh, the sage. You know, that's what happens when you. Um, it's back, right? They've had second thoughts. They've thought the, the backlash they got when they tried to stifle this guy. There'll be riots on the streets. All right, this needs to be heard. Facebook, yeah. I'm spouting facts here. I'm talking about vitamin E and ointment for scarring, for God's sake. This stuff needs to get in the public domain. I can hear, yeah, well, Instagram always can hear me, but Facebook went said, oh, here we go, it's back. So Facebook said there was no sound. I don't know what happened. Where did the sound go? Is it cheaper in Liverpool? No, was the answer. Price is the same every hospital. Did you get that? I don't know where the sound didn't lost. So it's not cheaper in Liverpool, um, Ian. It's the same everywhere. Uh, and uh, recommending vitamin E or other ointment post it to help with scarring. What I recommend, Sarah, is massage, moisturize, avoid smoking, and avoid sun. Those are the things that you can do for your scar. The thing that you use for the scar uh, is I don't know of any evidence to suggest anything's better than anything else, but a lot of people talk about vitamin E and say that it's good. But what I would say to you is use what you find is good. And I don't think there's evidence to say vitamin E is better than aloe vera or E45 or any sort of moisturizing cream, you know, um, aqueous cream, whatever. It's more the massage and the moisturize um, that I think is, is good for scarring and time. Um, so lots of no sounds and it's back. Thank you for letting me know the sound was gone and back. Precious, hello, nice to see you. Uh, what's going on here about you cut? Oh, what's happened here? Really excited to come here. We've done that one. I wait. You can't drive home as you can't stamp on the brakes fast. Bex, I'm not suggesting you drive home. Sorry, hold on a minute. When, when I was saying about it's fine to drive home after a tummy tuck at asset or a mummy makeover, I'm not saying the patient drives home. You have to get someone to drive you. Yeah, so I'm not saying you drive. No, you can't drive for a couple of weeks after surgery. It's whether you actually, get, you know, whether actually you drive home that night or stay in a hotel. Just to just to uh, that previous comments about going home the day after a mummy makeover, that wouldn't be you driving the car. So, yeah. Sorry if I didn't make that clear. And nice to see you, Precious. Thank you for coming. Uh, you were right about no exercise for two weeks. There you go, Kelsey. Yeah. Didn't know what I say, does it? You wouldn't be able to. Um, I won't be driving the hubby world. Yeah, that's good, Amara. Yeah, exactly. 9K JJ. 9K JJ. What's going on, Bex? What are you on about? Turkey is 2,800 reduction. What are you saying? Turkey is 2,800 and JJ's 9K, is he? Is that right? I don't know. We can hear you. Good on you, Lauren. Can you explain why revision policy is important and, and do you do one? Well, the revision policy is important, Lauren, because you might need a revision. And yes, we do do one. And, you know, the you're probably looking at around 10% for a revision rate, you know, 7 to 10 or, you know, yeah, I'd say seven to ten is the sort of normal revision rate. Is a 
certainly my my revision rate is that so you know one in ten people are going to need to have another procedure now that might just be a dog ear or it might you know the scar might not be quite right it might need a little tweak and you know these to be honest that's the the, the majority of the sort of thing you need to do dog ears or you know things not being nipples not quite right one's too big or not quite position or you know to bigger things like implants not sitting leveled or things like that there's all sorts of things that you might not be happy with um and it it is important because you've got to know what's covered and one of the really important things certainly with breast implants is size so the size of the breast implant is not covered so that's why we say to people come back as often as you want do the size as often as you want we'll look at the photos because you have to be comfortable with the size so that you have to look you have to be aware before you go to the hospital before you go to surgery what is covered with the revision policy so if it's too big or too small that's not covered now what's covered with the revision policy is problems one sitting high one sitting low sitting too wide you know both sitting high or whatever like that if they're not sitting right they're too wide too swollen the scars not right the scars got a bump at the end the nipples aren't right i don't know if there's some issue then that that is covered and you've got to know how long it's covered for as well as what is covered so uh, the policy that we normally have is like six months covered for anything. So you have to you don't have to pay for anything if you have a problem with the first six months, as I say, as long as it's not size of breast implants. Um, and then after six months, you have a warranty on the implants, which varies. So the implants often have a lifetime or a 10 year warranty. Most of them have a lifetime warranty, but that just covers the implant. So if you have a problem five or 10 years down the line, start something like capsule contracture, um, they might give you a new implant but you'd have to pay for the surgery. So you have to be aware of what's covered, which is quite a lot. Paying for the surgery is quite a lot. So you have to be aware, you know, if you have a problem in five or 10 years time, you will have to pay quite a lot of money to have revision surgery if it goes hard or whatever, whatever the problem is. Um, so it's a bit awareness that before you have surgery, because you don't want to have awareness that after the surgery, because then you'll be annoyed. If you're after the surgery, you say, oh no, that's not covered. Then you'll get annoyed. So you have to be aware of it before the surgery so that you don't you can just choose choose where you have surgery or not because you might say forget it i'm not going to pay for a vision surgery in five or ten years time can't afford that i mean that well then don't have the surgery now don't yeah don't have the surgery now because that's that's the way it is um so uh ian love that you sound down here with the people being such a great surgeon <laughs> Thank you, Ian. Well, I have obviously haven't done that well with the surgery for the um, facial aesthetics, have I? But uh, for the for the Jason Statham, but uh, well, not even the haircut. But there you go. Kind of you to say that, Ian. Down with the people. Yeah, I haven't forgotten my roots, Ian. You know, I'm real. I'm keeping it real. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> um, Bex scares will be scares. They're part of your journey. I think that scars Bex so no e scars will be scars they're part of the journey yeah and they do yeah and they do settle bex you're absolutely right is there another question about scars god bex you're, you're ahead of me 9k for jj well i had my quote that's fantastic gastric fantastic is here millennium aesthetic bex typo right oh, i'm losing it ian i am losing it right rolly comey when the implant says lifetime, is it truly lifetime or does it need changing after lifetime? So, Rolly, this is an important point. So, yes, the implants have a lifetime warranty. The problem is usually not the implant. The problem usually is 
the body's reaction to the implant, which is scar tissue forming around it, which is a capsular contracture. Um, but even if it is the implant, even if it is a rupture and the, the implant fails and there's a rupture, yes, they'll give you another implant. They'll give you a replacement implant. And sometimes they'll give you money towards the surgery. But they won't cover all of the surgery. So you still will have to pay quite a lot of money. So when you get an implant and it says lifetime warranty, you will will won't even say may you probably will have to pay a lot of money in five or ten years time if you have a problem with that implant even though the implant has got a lifetime warranty because what they will usually do is just say here's another implant and the implant costs 500 pounds each give or take like three to six or seven hundred pounds is sort of the range per per implant so a thousand pounds give or take would be a set of implants um and the surgery will cost often costs i don't know seven eight i don't know what so you know for a capsulectomy and change of implants for instance if you get scar tissue forming around the implant goodness knows what that is i wouldn't be surprised if it's eight nine i don't know ten i don't know how much it is but it's many thousand pounds so they'll give you the thousand pounds worth of implants so then it becomes seven thousand instead of eight thousand pounds for the surgery which is helpful but still it's a big whack to pay so it is important to be aware of what is covered in the lifetime warranty it's not like don't worry any problems you'll have them changed for free and it's all fine no it's just the implant that's got a lifetime warranty so it is important to be aware of that again as i say before you have surgery because you don't want to get a nasty surprise five years down the line when you thought it was a lifetime warranty so um it's careful look at the this is why you need your revision policy um ian you are down with the patients or oh, cool you're doing a great job ian much respect thank you for that it's nice to have a bit of respect there mm, bit of a, a bit of, thank you that's kind kind of you to say that um donna hello what's your opinion on the wearing of biders and far farhas post tummy tuck surgery what, what what's okay anyway i'm gonna donna if i'm not quite sure what far 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 is far is it far anyway um so i'm, I'm going to talk about binders can too much restriction of blood flow in a tight garment cause necrosis um good question donna what i would say is that it's probably gonna have to be pretty tight to cause necrosis what i'd be more worried about with the the garment is dvt because to be honest with you, Donna, DVT is a bigger problem than necrosis of the tummy tuck, even though necrosis of the tummy tuck is a disaster. Um, no, no doubt about it. Um, a, a DVT is a big deal. And so um, and the DVT is a blood clot in your leg and a DVT can then fly off into your lungs to form a PE. And that's a big deal. So that is increased with increased tension on your tummy. So by just by virtue of doing a tummy tuck, you're increasing the abdominal tension and you're reducing the blood flow from your legs. But um, putting a binder on or putting a tight garment on is going to in increase that abdominal pressure. And so um, it, it's, it's about weight. A lot of 
this stuff is about weighing up risks. You know, there's good things about a guy, a bar, a bar, a binder, a gar, a grinder, a garment, or a binder because it sort of it gives helps the swelling and gives you support. But you don't want to go too far because you don't want it to cause the DVT. I'm not sure if a binder would cause necrosis. Necrosis is normally caused because the you know, abdomen is closed too tightly, particularly in things like smokers. That's why I would say if you're a smoker, don't have a tummy tuck because you're going to high risk of necrosis. But I don't think the binder. I think it'd have to be pretty tight binder to cause necrosis. The main thing I would worry about is the DVT thing. So I, for me, as I say, everyone's different, and you might find a surgeon who says, "Oh, it's got to be really tight." Well, that's if that's their policy, then you know whatever. But for me, I'm all about um, support rather than tight. You don't want to take it off and think, "Oh, thank God for that." Breathe a sigh of relief, big red marks all over the place, you know. So it's all about support. Um, so yeah, so it is it is something to be sort of aware of, Donna. It really is. Rolly Ikomi, thanks for answering. Thanks for asking. Um what's going on here? I've waved at people. Typo. I'm just liking everything. My son was in bed with me, age nine, and scratched me with his toenail. True story. Can I get the scar reduced? Seriously, it's mad seriously, it's madness. Gastric fantastic. You can can you get the scar reduced? No, you can't get the scar reduced. You can get the scar changed. And to be quite frank with you, gastric, when we do scar revisions, we often make the scar bigger. To be to be brutal, it's very hard to make a scar smaller. And when we do scar revisions, we're often cutting out the scar. And by virtue of the cutting out the scar, you're making the scar actually a little bit bigger. And therefore, when we do a scar revision, we're looking to change the scar somehow. So there has to be something about the scar that we think we can change. If it's just a scar and you want it reduced, I don't think anyone can do that. You can look at non-surgical things, massaging, silicone, et cetera, et cetera, to try and make it less red and raised and firm. But in terms of revision surgery, you're looking at having a problem with the scar that we would try and address. Things like puckered in, raised up funny awkward line you know crossing a joint or something like that then there's things we can change the direction of it and we can release the puckering and we can help the raiseness of it but reducing a scar not really to be to be honest with you how do you prevent dvt says lauren blood thinner help says bex look at that bex is asking answering the question that's what that's what we need um so well, Lauren, you need to move is the short answer to how you prevent a DVT. Now, that means walking, basically. Now, when you're having something like a tummy tuck, which is probably the one of the higher risk surgeries for DVT, but any surgery runs the risk of a DVT. So you need to get up and walk as soon as you possibly can. Maybe day of surgery, but definitely next day, get you up and walk. That's the best thing you can do to stop a DVT. There are other things you can do. We give you those TED stockings. We put these things called Floatron boots on your legs, which are blowing up during the surgery. As Bex says, we use a blood thinner after surgery, uh, heparin, which thins the blood. And what I say to you is when you're at home watching telly, keep your legs moving, keep your bum moving, take deep breaths, cough if you need to, keep everything circulating. So basically moving is the best way to prevent the DVT. Um, that makes sense. And is, and is inside a thigh so delicate? Yeah, thanks, dude. Pick up yourself, Castric. Castric, well done. Uh, what we got? How uh, fat transfer the cheeks done that? How can I tell if I've got enough muscle 
sorry, enough tissue for over the muscle implants. Big question, big question there, and um, common question. And I am going to be helpful in a minute, but just to start off with, the simple answer is you need to have a consultation with a surgeon because that is the final common pathway. And what you will find is particularly people who are borderline, you're going to get different opinions because there is no um, thing that, that can say whether you need implants under or over the muscle. There's no sort of factual thing that you can say whether you need over or under the muscles. So the, at the end of the day, it is a an opinion from a surgeon based on your hopes, aspirations, lifestyle, implant choice, body shape, body habitus, size of frame, you know, all sorts of things. So it's very hard to give you an answer here, but I will try. And basically the reason that people need things, uh, implants under the muscle is, uh, as, as the question says, how do I tell if I've got enough tissue? If you haven't got enough tissue to hide the implant, you worry you're gonna be able to see the implant, simple as that. If you look at an implant, can you see those ripples? Can you see the edges? And so if you're worried about that, then you put it under the muscle to cover it in this area here, mainly in the cleavage area. It doesn't cover it here, but it covers it in this cleavage area here. And so it depends on how much cover you've got. And it depends a little bit on the type of implant. Some implants are more likely to ripple than others. So if in our, to give you a helpful answer, to try and be helpful, one thing that I do is I look to see if I can see your ribs. If I can see your ribs, if I can go like that and I know I'm going to touch rib, if I can see the outlines of your ribs, I'm thinking, mm, I'm going to see the implant here. So I'm going to put it under the muscle. Obviously, it's more nuanced than that. And you're looking at skin fold thickness, et cetera, et cetera, and, 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 and type of implant, size of implant, et cetera. But broadly speaking, if you can see ribs here, you think I might be able to see implant. Um, and there are bad things about putting them under the muscle. That's why people don't want them. But there are also good things about putting them under the muscle because it hides it. You might say, why don't you put them all over the muscle because it hides it? Well, there are risks. It hurts more, bleeds more, recovery slower. They can sit high, they can sit wide, and you can get animation deformities when if you do the gym and stuff, they can move when you put them under the muscle. So there are those bad things that happen when you put them under the muscle, but it gives it a bit more cover. So it's a balance. So basically, you need to have a discuss some with, discussion with a surgeon and, and work up where you're going to be on the balance. And often it's not, you know, it's not obvious and it is a balance. You think, well, I'm going to, you know, the balance is a bit like that. So I'm going to go with that one, you know, so it is, it is like not, it's often not, sometimes it's under percent, like, well, definitely I have to go under the muscle, definitely have to, I go on top, but you often it's like, mm, pros and cons. Um, do we offer cryotherapy for skin pigmentation? No, I mean, there's a couple of questions here about this sort of non, everyone's got their forte, haven't they? You know, and I think I've realized that my forte is surgery and, don't really do non-surgical and I know I should I know I should my, my friends say oh I've got to do it because it's all really good but I don't so cryotherapy is that spraying that liquid nitrogen thing I don't even know do they do cryotherapy for skin pigmentation I don't know if you do cry anyway I don't I don't do cryotherapy anyway so I don't even know if they do it for skin pigmentation but uh no and next question do we offer rhinoplasty no again I am and we've thought about this and we dabbled and we've done it all get some non-surgical and do a bit of get some other people in and stuff and i think what i want to do to start with i say to start with i've been doing it for a while now but i just want to focus on the breast and body contouring and get a name reputation 
brand, if you like, for breast and body contouring. And I want to focus on that. And that is my um, direction. And so, you know, a while, quite, quite a few years ago, like 15, basically, I pretty much specialized in breast, you know, and body sort of goes along with breast. So I sort of specialized in that. And that's been my focus. And, you know, plastic surgery is still one of those ones where people still do a bit of face, bit of Botox, bit of um, this bit of, you know, uh, breast and all sorts. Uh, but I'm like, I'm just going to do breast and body. So I do breast and I do tummy tucks. Pretty, that's, that's pretty much it. Do a bit of liposuction and what have you. But um, don't do any non-surgical, don't do any Botox, don't do any fillers, and I don't do any rhinoplasty. So um, I'm, I'm trying to get a niche and just focus on that and trying to do a good job in that. And, and that's, that's where I am on my uh, life. What's the difference in cost of UK surgery versus Turkey, 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 Poland? So here we go. Here, here, well, here's a question. Hi, we currently have a lot of patients returning from Turkey botched. As a group, we try to steer them towards staying in the UK. There's a lot of talk about the cost of UK surgery versus Turkey slash Poland. Just wondering if you could talk on Tuesday about the financial outlays, etc., that UK surgeons have. So, yeah, and I think that is, it's difficult for me to, and I, and I see it, I see the surgery cost is different it overseas compared to UK. And you can't say the surgery and the surgeons are better in the UK than Turkey or Poland. I mean, there's going to be good surgeons in Turkey and Poland. You can't say, oh, they're all terrible in Poland. Oh, God, don't go there. I mean, it's a big place and there's going to be some great Polish surgeons and there's going to be terrible Polish surgeons and there's great English surgeons and there's terrible English surgeons. So it's not like there's one good surgeon here, one good surgeon, bad surgeon there. There's a couple of problems of going abroad for surgery. Now, one problem is the physical fact that you're, you're traveling. So traveling is increasing your risk of complications like DVT and, uh, and PE. So that's a, that's a medical reason not to do it. Um, also, you've got to factor into the fact you get a problem. It could You've got to look at how the aftercare is handled. I get a lot of people coming to me asking for help because they've had surgery abroad. And it might be the place abroad has offered to help them. But they don't want to go back abroad to, to, to have the whatever it is, the scars are not right or the swelling or all this sort of problem. So I would I, and I, I, this is, I don't know. I don't, I'm not saying they're all like that, but it might be that, you know, well, it, it is that some of them are like that. And so you've got to look what you ideally want to really see your surgeon and talk to your surgeon post-op. Um, ideally face to face, but I mean, that might be difficult if they're always in. I don't know how it works. These places. I don't know if the surgeons come here to do consultations or if you don't. I don't know how it works. But anyway, that I think is one issue. And I think if it all goes well, happy days. But I've got to be honest with you, there are often problems. Not necessarily, as I say, the revisions you're looking at 7 10%, at least in my hands, but which is not insignificant. Um, and it might just, as I say, it might just be a scar revision, you know, not level or not quite right or something, or some minor sort of touch up, if you like. But over and above that, there's swelling, there's scarring's red, there's tenderness, there's funny numbness, there's all sorts of problems that people have that 
it's quite nice to maybe talk to your surgeon and say, oh, yeah, I struggled a bit with that right side and I did a bit of extra dissection. So I'm not surprised that one's a bit more painful and a bit more swollen because I did a bit more work there, you know, rather than you're seeing someone who doesn't know what's been done. So it is nice to see your surgeon if you have got asymmetries and you have got problems. So that is one thing to consider. The other thing to consider is I don't know how to look for a fully trained surgeon in Turkey or Poland. I can tell you how to do one in UK. Well, tell us you're saying. Well, I will tell you. I've written a blinking book on it. I mean, it's so hard. Even in the UK, I've written a book on it because it's hard to tell who's fully trained in the UK. Um, so in Poland, crikey, I don't even know where to start. So, you know, it is difficult if you're looking for a fully trained surgeon, then, um, you know, I talk about it in the book, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to know what sort of training is like in, in these places. Um, so, so that it, it makes it difficult to know for me to sort of advise you. And one of the things that you've got to realize is that when you pay for surgery, the way it works is when you, what you might think, because some people say, oh, the surgeon makes thousand pounds, loads of thousand, whatever, loads of money, basically doing an operation that that when as a the, the way it works in plastic surgery is you get paid for the days that you're operating that's when you get your pay that's when you get money when you're doing clinics when you're doing follow-up when you're seeing patients in clinic you're not really getting paid you might charge for a consultation but you don't usually charge for follow-up consultations and you're not really getting any pay and so the aftercare is sort of like part of that payment that initial payment so if you have surgery in Turkey or, or I don't want to say, I don't know, wherever, overseas or even in this country, and you're not happy, you can't then have aftercare with me. I don't have a service where I just charge for aftercare because aftercare is free for my patients. I charge the money I charge because aftercare is included. So you can't have surgery elsewhere and then just have an aftercare with me or anyone, you know, I, I think. I can't imagine any plastic surgeon would just see you for aftercare. So you got to realize that that is part of the payment. And I don't know. I, I ask myself, how can they do it for that, for a lot less money than what we're charging? And it might be that they're spending all day, every day doing surgery. In which case they can earn the same as what I earn because I do surgery one, one two days a week because the rest of my time I'm doing clinics because I'm seeing the results of my surgery. I'm seeing my patients, making sure they're on right, doing stuff like this and, you know, trying to get a good name for myself and build a, you know, practice where people can feel like they're being looked after. So, you know, it, it, I'm not saying they're not, but maybe they're not. Maybe they're not looking, maybe not spending days and days of clinics with people, you know, I'll happily have a chat for an hour with someone and, that's fine because a lot of my work is looking after people after they've had surgery. That's I see it as a main part of my practice. Um, and so you've got to think, is that a main part of their practice? I don't know. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But if it is, I'm thinking, how the heck are they making any money? Maybe, you know, I don't know. Um, so you've got to question, why is it so much cheaper? You know, that, 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 um, there's also things in this country we have a lot on um, indemnity a lot of money 
that we pay and certainly when you start in plastic surgery in this country the indemnity can be more than you actually earn the indemnity meaning the insurance medical negligence insurance is very very high i have to be insured to 10 million don't get any ideas guys all right just because i'm insured up to 10 million. but you know i have to be insured up to to, to cover up to 10 million um pounds um so if perry thought you have any problems I'm covered for up to 10 million. Now, if they're not insured and you have a problem and you go legal with it and they're not insured, it's like, well, what are you going to do anyway? So, you know, just the insurance on its own, we couldn't pay it with our insurance if we charged some what, what you hear about some people charging. So, um, yeah, uh, so I don't know specifically the thing about these places, but I do know specifically the reason we charge a lot and that is because we work hard on the aftercare and that is part of it and i've always said we are competitive because it's a competitive market but we are competitive in terms of the service we give and the aftercare we give that is where i've really tried to build the clinic and get a reputation at the clinic on the service and the aftercare and for, to do that you cannot compete on price you just cannot compete on price because if you try and compete on price if you're trying to cut your prices you're going to be encouraged to do more surgery and you're going to encouraged to do less clinics and you're going to encourage to look after people less and you're going to i think lose the quality and then people are going to start saying he's not very good and then that's going to be bad so that's not how the business or at least my business works i'm trying to do it on um, quality service aftercare not price but other people might be trying to do it on price so good luck to them but uh but yeah that's right oh god what's oh god i think I've, I've, I've rambled this you started me on that one you started me right what's happened what have i lost i've got to scroll up is instagram do you do tummy and breast together on the same day bex yes i do or, aka mummy makeover quite common actually bex Turkey is 2,300 for gastric sleeve. Here is 10K. There you go. The price is cheap for my skin removal in Turkey. I would sooner stay in UK for my surgery. There you go. Uh, ask for the surgeon CV if you go abroad. Good advice by, uh, by Bex there. I went Turkey. I did months of research on my surgeon. Had this CV. Researched his university and other hospital on his CV. Then I spoke with him via Zoom, FaceTime. So, he, so when I got there, I knew who he was. Look at this. All nuggets from Bex. You have a consultation once you're there, you stay five to seven days. They do seven to nine surgeries a day. Wow. Is the price the same on a small breast to a very large breast? Um, you're talking about a breast reduction there, Bex, because if you are, no, a very large breast would, reduction would be bigger than a small one. Breast implants, it is the same for a small implant or a large one, but for breast reduction, it's more for a large one. What's this, three questions? Oh, here we go, we've got, oh God. I've got questions. Sorry, Facebook. I've got questions here. Uh, what can I tap a question to answer? What do, uh, does the removal of the gallbladder impact the tummy tuck procedure? Great question, Regan. And it used to, because they used to do what's called an open cholecystectomy, an open gallbladder, where you make a big cut here, and that would affect the tummy tuck operation when they made that big cut. And it was a relative contraindication to a tummy tuck. But these days, they do gallbladder operations laparoscopically with a telescope. So therefore, it doesn't impact it anymore. Um, but as I say, it used to, but but not anymore. Um, 
What? Hold on a minute. Is that the same question? Can, can combined surgery be performed while the thyroid is hyperactive on medication to stabilize? Um, sorry. Um, do, I have, do I have to remove that? Put it up there. So you have a Oh, can combine surgery? Um, well, yes, we want your thyroid to be stabilized, Regan, and we'd probably speak to the, the doctor looking after your um, thyroid, because if your thyroid is hyperactive, it can cause problems, particularly with things like your um, pulse and your blood pressure, you can, can be raised. And that's something we probably want to avoid because it would increase your risk of um, it would it would increase your risk of um, hematoma. So yes, you would probably want to have your thyroid uh, treated. But if it's treated and stable, then then we could definitely um, talk at least about doing surgery. That would not be a an absolute contraindication, but we talked to your doctor and make sure everything was stable uh, for that. But that'd be fine, Regan. Uh, I've gone over an hour. Does something happen at an hour, Bex? Gone over an hour. Um, how long from consultation are dates for surgery? Ah, oh, where is is? Uh, I bet Lorraine has gone, hasn't she? She's probably gone. Probably past her bedtime. I don't know. Couple of months, I'm going to say. I don't know in in exactly. I mean, it's got to be at least two weeks. So Barb's say we've got to leave at least two week a cooling off period. Um, and I think, I think a couple of months, maybe maybe a few months. I don't know. Um, I don't know exactly my sleeve and I, but I would say you could call us or Instagram message us, and uh, Amy will let you know that sort of thing. She's got the diary. She knows what's what. She's a legend. Normally you only do an hour. Bex, I do what I need to do, girlfriend. Normally don't have this many questions. I'll remove. I'm not going to remove you. Sorry. Um, yeah. Uh, it's all kicking off. You're welcome. It's all kicking off on Facebook as well. What's happened on Facebook? Where am I up to? Here's Ian saying that I'm cool. Yeah. No, no harm putting that up again. Oh, we've done that one. Thanks for asking. Oh, here we go. Rock. No, Rolly. I've read in most sources online saying vitamin acts as blood thinner, so to stop taking them two weeks before surgery. Is this also your advice to patients? No, it isn't, uh, Rolly. I do not tell patients to not take vitamins. Um, I think some herbal remedies can act as blood thinners. Not sure vitamins are acting as blood thinners, but there are some herbal remedies that can, and I know some doctors are worried about that. I haven't got any specific concerns, but it would be good to discuss it with me or your surgeon preoptively because I know some have with some herb herbal treatments but uh, I think vitamins themselves should be fine Wally. Jane I asked about surgery um, I asked about surgery in UK with you and you said to have it done your country in Portugal glad I listened to you saw them every week for three weeks then reduced to once a month then discharged at 12 weeks awesome Jane I did I remember that well done. See, Jane's had it done in Portugal and she's had a great experience. Silvana is here. Uh, I went to my surgeon with two, a list, four list of questions. Yeah, nice one, Jane. 
the answer to that question why so cheap abroad is that the pound is so much higher in Turkey and Poland so much higher so much higher in Turkey and Poland so I understand why it's cheaper there simply there you go Jane I have my gallbladder out by keyhole and I had tummy tight no problem at all awesome our money compared to Turkey and Poland is so much higher is normal than the operation will cost less than here there you go it's an exchange rate issue as well apparently um Lauren, I got haemophilia. Would this increase my risks during plastics such as arm lift, breast lift? Would my results be affected? Yes, we'd have to talk to your doctor looking after that, uh, Lauren. So we would have to make sure that um, your doctor, first of all, um, to see whether you need to have your treatment changed or optimized if your treatment is a bit up and down you want to have optimized before considering surgery and if it was optimized we'd have to look at the risks and balance them with the risks of surgery uh, arm lift breast lift you know has got risks bleeding hematomas things like that so um, we'd have to look at risks of that and talk to your surgeon about it uh, I'm your surgeon talk to your doctor about it this is what happens when I go over an hour I'm flagging but i'm gonna i'm a fighter i'm a fighter i'm not giving up um so yeah we'd have to talk to your doctor about it lauren and um, we but we will we can we'll do this together another thing lauren if you come to clinic and pay pay the wongas and we can't help you we'll refund you so um if 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 we, if we say look you're not candidate for surgery we'll refund you no problem no question asks yeah uh because i say we make money on the surgery rather than the consultations jess can agree that amy is a legend yes can we just leave that up there because amy is a legend and i thank the lord that she has come into my life because she's brilliant thank you amy if you're still out there uh ella do you know any clinic that uses aspen ultrasound to prevent or reduce capsular contracture no i don't no i don't what's aspen ultrasound sounds good ella ella if it works, let us all know, and we will all be using it. But the fact that you have to ask that question, Ella, as to say, hmm, why aren't we all using it? That's my question to you, Ella. I don't want to disrespect it because it might be the next best thing, and the next big thing, and next year we might be using asthma and ultrasound all over the place. But you know, um, but I don't know of any clinic that uses it, Ella. But if you do find a clinic that uses it and it works, come back and let us know where the clinic is how it worked and i can send all my patients with capsule contracture there to avoid surgery because that would be great because capsule contracture is a real problem um so if there's something to prevent it rather than having to do surgery that would be brilliant what a great night lots of great questions well done thanks for your time tonight that is kind jane that's very kind of you uh precious with 100 pounds in turkey you feel like you're rich Definitely cost of operation there is cheaper, even dental implants too cheaper than here. So is currency above all. Ella, I heard they're using it in America. Ella, if they use it in America, it must be good, mustn't it? Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You would think though, Ella, if it was if it worked well, you kind of think that more people would use it. But I don't want to disrespect it. I'm not saying it doesn't, I just don't know anything about it. So maybe it'll be, as I say, it'll take the UK by storm. Who knows? Um, what is going on? Amy's a legend. Yes, 
absolutely amy is a legend uh lol gf winky sparkle after after an implant rupture and removal with capsulectomy how long do you need to leave it until you can put new implants in 10 seconds winky do it at the same time don't have to leave it any time at all so if you've got an implant rupture um because often well not often but sometimes if someone's got a capsulectomy if someone's got this hard capsule around the implant the implant might be ruptured in there and you won't know because a hard capsule it just feels you just feel this hard ball you don't know whether the implant's ruptured or not so sometimes when you go to do an implant uh, a capsulectomy and implant exchange the implant might be ruptured might not be ruptured doesn't matter as particularly when it's intracapsular rupture when it's a capsule a rupture held within the capsule it doesn't matter so you can do a capsulectomy remove the uh, ruptured implant and put a a, a, f a fresh implant in at the same operation no 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 problemo i say no problemo obviously it takes skill and dedication but you know that aside the surgery can be done the marginal is if i'm a b stroke c cup and have an uplift do you recommend an implant to avoid losing size no i don't definitely not your size will be about the same the mara diaries will take a little bit of volume out but your size will be about the same and i do not recommend an implant i do a lot of implants i love implants i'm a big implant proponent because they are fantastic at making the breast bigger they are the best way to make the breast bigger but if you don't particularly want a bigger breast and it's just the shape of your breast you don't like i would recommend you don't have an implant because you can have problems with implants there are risks associated with implants and if you can avoid those risks so much the better the only thing you have to be clear on the, the Mara Diaries is the shape that you can achieve with a lift because it doesn't give the same fullness you get with an implant. That's why I will show you photos of before and afters and say, look, it does settle. I would say it's a natural breast shape. So out of a bra, your, your breast will settle and have a concavity in the upper pole. If you're happy with that, happy days. If you look at that and say, hold on a minute, that looks droopy. I want to have this fullness. Well, that's when implants come in. So... Um, so if you won't lose much size by doing a lift the size will be about the same if you want to be bigger then implants are good and if you want to have a fuller look implants are good but i would say a lift on its own is good if it's just a shape issue jj all these people that's had gastric surgery we all need you yep come on call me Bex. call me get your gastric surgery people to call me reagan can you remove sub auxiliary i think that's auxiliary skin from weight loss from under armpits and complete an uplift as implant at the same time at the same time yes you can regan you can so what you're talking about is what's known as accessory breast tissue i think which is a, a breast which is a sort of bump here a lump here so um it's something to acknowledge before surgery because if you do a breast lift in implants you're not going to affect that so if you have a lump here that's accessory breast tissue so an uplift in implant is not going to affect that having said that if you want to have that addressed it can be addressed at the same time as you lift with implants and that can be addressed with either liposuction or excision the problem with excision is excision can have a visible scar if you because this fullness of skin often extends onto the uh, anterior chest so that's something to be aware of and do we put a scar there or do we avoid the scar and just do liposuction in which case you might have some redundant skin there discussion to be had there but uh, but in principle, yeah, that can be addressed at the time, but you have to discuss it pre-op because it wouldn't routinely be addressed as part of a lift with implants. That would be extra. Um, one pound to their 15,000 lira. We're getting live exchange rates. These Q 
Q&A has turned in, it's gone another level. It's gone into exchange rates. There's all sorts of information here. Honestly, it's just, it just keeps giving. Um, right. Right, they use it in America. Right, okay, God, this is good. This is good. Right, um, is there any treatment or procedure offered by the clinic to help reduce the outer pigmentation on my breast and help remove keratosis pilaris? Full disclosure, I had to Google keratosis pilaris before this uh, Q&A. Put my hands up, all right? Um, which kind of will kind of probably answer the question for you. Do you want this guy treating you for your keratosis pilaris if he has to Google what it is? Um, so no. So it seems to be more of a dermatological thing, uh, more of a topical thing. And uh, again, we don't really do non-surgical treatments. So um, no, we haven't got anything to reduce the pigmentation on the breast or for keratosis pilaris that would be more of a dermatological complaint that would be best treated by someone who is a specialist in non-surgical procedures uh i'm the surgery guy so um sorry i don't uh, can't I, we, do, we don't often stuff at the clinic for that um and i'd probably send you if you're at my clinic um michelle thompson at the uh, birmingham skin clinic at the priory is who i would usually send people to she's really good the uh, dermatologists at the Priory are really good. Uh, JJ likes to use a scalpel. It's just it's just how I've been trained, isn't it? I mean, you can't be good at everything. Um, do you stop it off in the Oh, that was, yeah, that was Beck's question earlier about the Spire thing, and I'm still on the website. Well, yes, I, well, do, how do I ask that question? Well, I, I would if I could, um, because it's, you know, close to me, but very happy with what they're doing up at asset and um you know and to be to be quite honest with you i'm very happy that asset is there because if asset wasn't there i'd be in trouble because i'm full-time private practice i've got no nhs commitment anymore and uh, you know if i can't get into the operating theater i can't run the business because my operating theater in the my clinic is uh, is only for local anesthetics so i would have had to make my own operating theater if it wasn't for other um uh, forward-thinking surgeons making their own uh, hospitals which is what Hassan has done up in Liverpool which is why I'm going up there and using his hospital because I can't get into the hospitals in the West Midlands at the moment um, God, I keep on pressing the wrong thing uh, what you got precious is there any danger in putting implants on what are the risks involved doctor <coughs> where do I start precious need an anesthetic Risk with anesthetic, pretty wet, small. Um, I mean, there are risks of things like bleeding, forming hematoma, means it all balloons up and you have to go back to theatre and have it washed out. The, probably the big risk early on with an implant is infection. If you get an infection, you will have to remove that implant, let the infection settle and put another one back in again. So infection is the big thing that we worry about early on with implants. The other risks with implants are more long term they might not be sitting right they could be sitting high they could be sitting low one could be up one could be down um so that could be you might need to have that adjusted there could be risks of alteration in the sensation of the skin and the nipple again that usually comes back to normal but it can be a long-term problem not normally a big problem that i've seen um the other long-term problems are things like rupture pretty rare 
capsular contracture, scar tissue forming around the implants, meaning they have to be changed. A lot of people say they've got to be changed every 10 years. They don't have to be changed every 10 years, but around five or 10 years, they might start to go hard. And if you have that happen, you would have to have another surgery, which as I say, you would have to pay for and could be very expensive. So that's something to think about. You might want to have those implants changed. There are certain implants we can use which are less likely to go hard. Um, so that's an option. The other risk is a very rare cancer called ALCL associated with implants. Extremely rare, but nevertheless, it's there. They, we used to say there's no cancer associated with implants. Well, there is now. It's a cancer of the capsule. And basically, the ones that don't go hard or are less likely to go hard are more likely to get the cancer. So you can have the ones that are more likely to go hard, but they're less, which are less likely to get the cancer. Or the one, anyway, and the risk of going hard is higher than the risk of the cancer. The cancer is extremely rare. Going hard is relatively common. And so I know you might say, oh, I don't want the cancer. I'd rather it went hard. But the risk of the cancer is really, really small and the risk of going hard is high. So it's anyway, it's a balance pressure. So it's a balance. There's different types of implants with different risk profiles is probably what I'm trying to say. Um, but there are risks with them. Yes, for sure. So you have to weigh that up. The benefits of having implants and having a breast enhancement. So, you know, there's always a risk benefit decision to be had with any surgery, to be honest, whether that's a hip replacement, cataract, heart operation there's a risk and a benefit and you've got to decide whether where the balance is breast implants same there's no operation that's all plus and no minus so if you if you're not that bothered don't have surgery if you're terribly bothered and it's going to massively improve your life then take on the risks and have surgery it's a balance our jobs as doctors is to tell you what the risks are your job is to balance them up to see whether the surgery is right for you in a nutshell precious in a nutshell uh patricia I have implants for 15 years and gave no issues, but I was told to change it. What's the new technology for new implants? I've got to be honest with you, Patricia. All the implants, well, the new ones are probably the, the, the nano textured ones, the micro textured ones, the ones which aren't quite as rough as the, the roughest ones. But, uh, but there is some new technology. But nevertheless, the ones that are, when they first came out in the 60s, are still being used. So they haven't superseded the older ones but there are differences and, and basically it comes in the amount of roughness Patricia so you get completely smooth ones micro textured which are the relatively new ones macro textured which are the rough ones and then polyurethane foam ones which you've got a foam coating and they get increasingly rougher the rougher ones are less likely to go hard but more likely to get the cancer the smoother ones more likely to go hard but less likely to get the cancer so there's, there's basically sort of four types and uh, it's a balance between them but I've got to be honest with you Patricia if you've got no problems I wouldn't start saying, oh, I'll have a new implant for new technology. I would just leave it alone. Don't go through the risks of having surgery if you've got no problems. I would just uh, I would just stick where you are. Are mammographies good ways to do any cancer in the breast with implants, or are they another way? Yes, mammographies are a good way, and um, and there are other ways. So uh, ultrasound is the other good way. So mammogram and, and uh, ultrasound. Ultrasound usually for younger people, mammogram older, um, and they're both good. Uh, screening tools um, then there's things like MRI which is a bit more uh, sensitive and specific in, in uh, looking for problems with the breast but the mainstay really is is examination because when you've got implants in the breast will be on top of the uh, implant so you need to examine yourself and look for any um, uh, lumps outside of the routine screening programs which is the mammogram routine screening outside of that that is how we 
would normally screen for a, a cancer is by examining you and, and actually recommending you examine yourself. So uh, obviously there's a mammogram screening screening for, uh, for, for breast cancer, but outside of the national screening program, it's mainly self-examination and educating patients to look for um, cancers. But, uh, but there are, yeah, investigations to look for cancers, as I say, ultrasound and MRI are the other ones. Precious, thanks for the info. Thank you for the input. Very much appreciated. Uh, what we got here? Can't you use your back room to do my surgery, lol? Here. Lighting's pretty good. Could have a bash, Bex. Could have a bash. We could try, try it. You'll be moving to Liverpool. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind. Got a house up there. Got two, actually. One in Lim, one in Chester. Um, if your breast implant gets infected, how long does the implant have to be removed for before putting back in? Yeah, let's not dwell on that winky sparkle. Um, very rare complication, but minimum of three months, three to six months, I'm going to say. Depends on how it settles. Um, but yeah, three to six months is normal. Bex, you still here, Bex? Good to see you. JJ, I've lost four stone. Well done, you. And a flat breast, and I can feel lots of lumps. I take that as normal. What I would say to you, Bex, is go and see your doctor now to get a baseline. Because when you say to people, examine your breast, you can always feel loads of lumps, to be honest with you. When first, someone first examines their breast, there's lumps all over the place. So really, you're looking for a change. But for a baseline, you want to get it checked out just in case there is something there. So I would say that you want to get it checked out. So when Corinne, it's all right. Thanks for staying this long. I, I didn't expect you to stay this long, Corinne. You didn't have to. Thanks. You know, have a great week. Catch you next week, maybe half term, though. Is it half term next week? Yes, it is. I don't know if I'm here. Corinne. And God knows where I was last week. I still don't know where I was last week. Still, anyway, it'll come to me. But yes, nice to see you, Corinne. Um, but Bex, yeah, I would go and see your doctor to get a baseline about whether your lumps are okay. Um, and then and then you know that the lumps you got now are normal. So then you want to look for a change. So any of the lumps you've got getting bigger or new lumps or anything like that. But uh, it is always good to, it's difficult when you first start examining your breasts because you often feel quite a lot of lumps. You think, oh my God, everything's going on there. So, so I'd get that checked out, Bex, if I was you and uh, keep looking, keep examining. Right, guys, Corinne's gone now, so I think there's no point in carrying on, really, is there? Because uh, Corinne's left us. So, um, I am... Oh, Corinne's still here. Oh, uh, if you're... <laughs> um, I don't know if I'm here, Corinne. To be honest with you, we are so last minute with our holidays. We are talking about going away, but as of today, which is a week before the holiday we have not booked anything how how uh how pathetic is that but we are in fact i'm going to get on the internet and look get on airbnb and have a look for somewhere um but that's been good um i will go and get on airbnb and look for a holiday next week so hopefully i'll be on holiday next week and living the dream if, I, if it's a total failure, I'll be back here, but uh, definitely be back next week. Um, Rolly, good to have you on board, and thank you for your questions. Kelsey is recovering very well. Beautiful to hear, Kelsey. Beautiful to hear. Thank you for your advice. Look forward to meeting you in June for my consultation, Be Enhanced Aesthetics. Jonathan Brito, clinic joined lastminute.com. Jonathan, 7 o'clock start, Jonathan. Okay? It's now 8.30. 
right? So, you know, what do you expect? Uh, thank you, Bex. I will try and enjoy my holiday and uh, I'll have to take what I can get. So God only knows what that will be. Um, and if I can remember where I went on holiday the week before, I'll let you know in two weeks time. But with the old um, memory as it is, who knows? So see you later, Kelsey. Thanks for coming. Thanks for commenting. And I'll check myself out of here and uh, suggest you do likewise and uh, stop the stream. Stream stopping, Jonathan. Have a question not covered in today's show? Then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag AskJJ. We'd love to hear from you.